What it do, what it do, it's your girl Just Be Real And welcome back for another poppin' ass episode of Just Be Real Podcast I got my good, good girl, one of the realest, Elgin Phillips Jr. here with me today Enough of me chatting, let's get real Now I do talk fast so. I mean, we, we, I, I'm a New Yorker, so okay. we're gonna talk fast, we period But the people, right. the people's ready, they're already ready right. Cause we've been looking forward for it, I know y'all did <laughs> I know y'all have, cause y'all all looking right. like, first of all, I want y'all to know my cousin Jasmine Hates me meeting new people. So she's going to talk about something. Oh, now that I see you hanging with Elgin, that's going to be your new friend. I'm like, you're such a hater. <laughs> like, why are you hating so bad? Ain't nothing wrong with it, child. We just going to have a little fun, you know, network, mix and mingle. That's it. And that's what we're here for. Right. But this is a first for uh, Just Be Real Podcast because we've never had anybody face-to-face oh, on the word. podcast. Okay. So everybody's been through... You know, technology. technology. Oh, that's so, this okay. is the first time we get to have a face-to-face interaction. All right, now. Well, I'm glad to be that's here. That's why I had to give a different intro. <laughs> Gave y'all a little of my homegirl Vogue, right. okay? <laughs> I came to pose, don't touch me. Come on. I came to pose, don't touch me, bitch, okay? That cat, what that, the tat, the tat, ow. Okay, so as y'all can already hear, the realist is Elgin. He is here. He is live and in full effects. I'm going to let him take over and introduce himself. Well, what's up, everybody? Elgin T. Phillips Jr., um, born and raised, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm a rep for my city, North Carolina Stand Up. Um, what else? Let's see. Home of the Rams, Wisconsin State University. Um, also got my master's at Southern New Hampshire University. So, you know, we just here. Chop it up. Talk about it. You know, Jess got some fire questions for me. And I'm ready to give you some great answers. Okay. <laughs> and y'all like probably, bitch, y'all are both chatting. What is this? What is the topic for today? Y'all not going to rush me because I know y'all rushing me over there on the low key. I got y'all. So, today's episode is going to be called Fashion Forward. Come on. And I know y'all probably seen me post them maybe once already. Since we've only been friends for like two weeks. Literally not even lying to y'all. Um, everybody was like, oh, he's served. He's giving looks. I'm like, baby, that's how you know we're going to be friends. <laughs> because he gets sneakerhead. First of all, sneakerheads always unite. Let's be clear. Second of all, he's a Charlotte native. You know how rare those are out here? Like they're very, they're like literally like unicorns. Like you don't find any people who are from Charlotte that live in Charlotte. Then I was like, uh, fashion games on a hundred. Um, I gotta get you on the podcast. <laughs> gotta get you in. Gotta get you in. Period. Um, so I'm gonna give you a little backstory. So Elton and I literally two weeks ago, not even trying to hold y'all, met at a hookah lounge. Yep. Off the strength. He was like, I rock with your sneakers. Not everybody know I make sneaker contact before eye contact, and then I make teeth contact after sneaker contact. Because if your girl fucked up, we can't fuck right. with each you other. You can't clean your feet or your teeth, then you don't. Hello, need somebody. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, he was like, oh, I like your sneakers. And I was like, oh, thank you. But he came, he pumped, not came in, he pumped in, honey. Goodbye. <laughs> pumped in, in the ones, in the hat. And I said, oh, I like her. <laughs> she gives me life and when, when he spoke to me I was like oh it's over we're gonna be friends let's exchange numbers right. and that's what happened and here we are making history so yes so that's that's what we're doing we're making history so fashion forward it was only right to get first of all another male perspective because I've only had two different African two African American males on this whole podcast second of all it was time to switch it up because y'all been listening to me for weeks I know y'all tired of just hearing me talk and y'all want some engagement <laughs> so here we are Let's talk about it. Okay, so before anything, who is Elgin T. Phillips Jr.? Okay. Because he says the government. He lets it be known. When he exchanged contact information, exactly how he said it on this podcast, exactly how it popped up for context. Do you want to save this contact? 
<laughs> well, Elgin T. Phillips Jr. is a lot of things all in one. Um, I like to consider myself um, a jack of all trades, but a master of some, okay? Um, <laughs> let's be clear. I think for Go me, off. I truly enjoy doing a lot of things with event planning, um, organizing, um, as well as I like to do great things of social. I'm very social with a lot of people in Charlotte or in other multiple areas. I like to talk. So, it's... You're never going to go somewhere with me and I'm not going to meet a friend. Amen? Um, so- Amen, somebody. <laughs> Let the church say yes. <laughs> okay. So, for me, I think, you know, Elgin in itself is just a, a big ball of fun. Like, we're always going to have a great time. I'm always going to keep us laughing, keep us having a great time. Um, and we're always going to find a move because it's, Period. You know, it's something to do out here. You hear me? I just got my <laughs> life in only two weeks. And, baby, let me tell you, I've been to some places in New York. But, honey, I didn't know Charlotte had these treasures. Okay? Don't count us out. Because <laughs> I've been here two years. And I was like, oh, honey, it just took me to have to meet you to know what the real life is out here. This is more my ambiance. Right. <laughs> We're the girls. I'm here. Okay, so since, you know, we have who Elgin, mind you, I want you to know, Elgin is a HBCU grad, like, as he already mentioned, for the Rams, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm a Hornet, y'all already know this by now, because I talk about those things all the time, but nonetheless, he's a part of the D9 fam, so. Alpha Phi Alpha Attorney Incorporated. And y'all know I got a thing for them apes, I got a thing for the apes, the apes and the noobs do something to my spirit. It's that fire and ice love, it's just something about it. The rest of y'all can go to hell respectfully. Oh, not go to hell. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I love y'all, I love y'all, it's all jokes, y'all know y'all know I'll be playing all the time, y'all know I love y'all. Um, but nah, y'all know how I feel about the apes. They, I don't know, they do something special for me. Fire and ice, but I think even more so after last year at, at, uh, G-Ho, when, you know, Beta Epsilon took care of me. Come on, beat period. And I don't remember if his name is Roddy Rebel. He was number 20. I don't remember when he crossed, but if you out here listening, you was a real one for looking out for me and my, uh, my sands, okay? Because us, you know, me and my Sawraws was really out here struggling. And he said, I'm going to step in like the first man I am. And I was like... That's the alpha way. That's the alpha way. We here, so you know, I just it's it's great because we need that type of alpha. We need that energy coming on here. We need that energy. So to jump in, what persuaded you to become so into fashion? Because I know you're like a fashion to me, a fashion muse. (laughs) Um, People have fashion trends. But it's like you're a trendsetter. So people will go ahead. I feel like if you got here and you pop out with something, niggas is looking like, ooh, I'm a low-key try to revamp that, but you can't rock it because you're not Elgin T. <laughs> Phillips Jr. Pooh. But the good thing is you want to try, but you've observed. But it's like, how did you get into that? Um, I think my love of fashion came from my mom. Like, I used to love watching my mom get dressed. She is a, such of a beautiful woman, classic. Um, I, I She's never... I've never seen my mom have a bad day or a Okay, day. shout out to you, mom. Come on, yes. Mom is like, she was literally my muse, and I used to enjoy watching her get dressed. I used to enjoy watching her different creative styles. Like, I love when my mom used to go from long hair to short hair, and it would, it would just be so culture. different. Yeah, definitely black woman culture. Like, even looking back on photos now, like, looking at my mom, I felt, I felt like she's the reason now today why I dress the way that I do. And then, why I'm always presenting. And honey... <laughs> Miss Elgin, because that's what we're going to do right now. Miss Elgin, because if y'all know Elgin, if y'all know the other Elgin, y'all know that's another Miss Elgin, too. That's, right. the, that's the queen of Miss Elgin. And if y'all don't, go Google Miss Elgin, because he at one point was married to uh, Miss good old Jack K. Harry. <laughs> right, that's come on. So there's a little hint, but Miss Elgin is out here pumping with this 
snake skins, fabric layered top. Give it just serving earth tones, honey. Giving me all the earth I need. Something like that. In this retrograde since it started at 10:52 a.m. Right. Giving me all the earth I need, so it's it's serving me life, serving me purpose, letting me know like yes, I can might rock a snake, but I'm not one. Come on, that's and and that's exactly what the outfit is giving today. Okay, I might rock, I might can rock a snake, but I'm not one. So, who were some of your muses, though? Like, outside of your mom, like, were there, like, any famous muses that got you into fashion? Like, hey, I want to just try to go down that lane or create combined lanes together. I think when I really think about anybody who might make it be an impact, it's like, we have to definitely myself pay um, respects and homage to Andre Tyler. Like, I think his, the way he did things in fashion, in um and couture and things of that nature and the the way he worked with people, the way he also knows individuals and stuff like that, I think is like extremely loved him. Also, I was a big fan. I know this is not amused, but I was a big fan of Sex in the City. So like for me, mm. the fashion in Sex in the City. That's was, amused. Yeah, it was definitely amused. I think that um, Sex in the City, I think I got a lot of my muses from TV shows and watching fashion. Yeah. And that, like, I, I can say I was a big Different World fan. Like, I love everything Different World. Love everything fashion about Martin. Martin's always, I love how Martin the color incorporated blocks. the co- color blocks, the Jordans. Like, most of the, if you look at Martin now and look at back at releases back then, every um, December shoe was on the Christmas episode yep. of Martin. And it was like, it's just so dope to catch things like that. Yeah. Um, you have to be a real sneakerhead to peep that. Yeah, to, to peep that. I mean, you can, you can catch a little here and there because they sometimes they make it very black. Don't try to get on no better for that out, Elgin. Let them know you, you got to be a sneakerhead to know the real fits or whatever. Everybody, you know, have a little sneaker in them, you know, time to time. I think it's, sneakerhead is evolving now. So, like, you can be a luxury sneakerhead or you can be a true, like, sneakerhead and really, like... Or what I call a hype. Beast. Uh, <laughs> a luxury sneakerhead is a hype beast to me, and I said what I said, and I motherfucking meant it. Period. Now some people know how to rock it, but you, some people just you know they just put on a shoe, put on a shoe, and it's okay. But remember, a shoe got to fit your foot, y'all. It got to fit your foot. It got to. <laughs> um, and I say for me, I like how you said with the Martin thing. For me, the '90s, which everybody they already know, my my listeners already know, the '90s is my era. Not because I was just born in them, but I just feel like it was a time of real where free speech was really free speech, mm-hmm. and I feel hip hop really, which you know y'all know I'm a music too where it really told the story of what y'all are putting it in the community let me let me enlighten y'all because y'all are listening to me and this is on my platform let me go ahead and educate you in the process while i'm still you know making music that's why it was big for me and i think the fashion within itself it was bright colors it was Mm -hmm. it it was you know exuberant it was just jubilance and it just screamed like we're here we're just living and if there was some bs even watching house party because i know that's my favorite movie come on (laughs) that geranimo outfit that uh she was wearing which was that purple with that yellow with that different pattern leopard like With the red shoes, like it was, it was unheard of, but it was just so accepting. It's like, okay, girl, you look fly. Like, let's get. I mean, let's also take it back to if we're gonna talk about house party, let's take it back to that onesie, um, off the top with the yellow jacket. They take off in the party. Like, it was. I mean, it was a lot of great fashions in that, and I think that what I love about fashion is that everything can be reincorporated or redone in your yep. way, your style. And I think that's what I used to love to do because as being a six five black male, like. I couldn't just wear any and everything. Right. Like so like right. when in high school growing up, you know, the whole skater kids, skater boy, you a jerk came out, like I couldn't get into skinny jeans out of hot topic. So I had to figure out how it worked. Get them for dunks me. though. Yeah, but I, I get can't them get dunks those. though, but I decided to figure out how to work for me. And I think that's where my really like I start evolving, I think, more because it's like you don't have the same access like everyone else does. Right. And that's what I feel like too for me. I think because I was always 
on the plus size, what people always say is plus size, but to me, I just feel it's average. It's definitely average. It's um, really 14 <laughs> is an average size for a, a woman in America, mm-hmm. just for y'all to know, and that's the size I wear, but whatever. Um, I got this ass, though, so you that's, know, that's right. a lot of the extra wagon I'm dragging. <laughs> but nonetheless, because I was always so self-conscious, um, I think because I always knew at a young age, I was not the average female. And I know you have girls who go through the tomboy phase and it's like, oh, I'm doing this because, you know, it's kind of cool because I'm a kid. But I knew at five years old, like, I like dressing like this because this is comfortable. And I like dressing like this because I know I like both sexes. And my mom, when I told her that, she was like, what? And I'm like, I just knew, like, at a young age. like, And at that point, you can't say it's a learned behavior because... Right. I don't know nothing different. Right. I'm still a I'm still a child, so I don't even know what that what I'm feeling to me has no name. It's just I'm just different. Right. So when I told her that and then as I got older and she was like when I got to high school, she was like, You gotta stop wearing these three X Sean John's Valor sweatsuits <laughs> and these three X basketball jerseys and t shirts, like you're not a boy, you're a girl. And I'm like, But this is comfortable. Right. So I had, I had, so because I worked at American Eagle, I used to be able to buy boxers, but because in my, I would have to hide them from my mom. Cause it's like, yo, she don't want me wearing this. And then I was like, yo, why don't she was like, you need to go to high school. You need to change your appearance. That's when the skinny jeans and baby tees came in. Everyone was like, oh, we didn't know that's what she was working. I didn't like the attention. Right. So it's like, if I like you as a dude, you'll know. But if I'm looking at chicks too, like, let me just be where I'm comfortable. So like my mom forced me into... Well, now it's cool because Tomboy Chic with Tiana Taylor, which right. I don't mind, and Rhapsody, <laughs> which I, you know, I love the Tomboy, the Tomboy Chic look. Right. But it's just like back then, I was always judged because I wanted to dress more in a masculine demeanor, but still have my feminine qualities. Mm-hmm. And I know you probably can probably attest to it because, like you said, being six five, being a black male, right? It's like, well, then what are you trying to be? Like, who are you? Like. It's- and I think to speak to that, like, I think in the same way how you felt, I think the same way I felt as well. Like, I think for me, um, I wouldn't say I'm androgynous with my clothing, but I'm very much so, like, I do push the lines of some things that I can't wear. Like, back in college, I didn't mind having on, you know, a woman's blazer if it worked for me. You know what I'm saying? So, we just figured out we had the same damn top. Same damn top. Don't even know how we had the same damn top. I had a whole cheetah print top, and it was a woman's top, and did not mind. But, I mean, I think in college, I love, like, being able to push that limit, like, just enough, you know, to still be fashion forward, also, but still have a sense of masculinity for me into it. Because you, we all know masculinity is the eye of beholder. Amen. Hello. Shout out to my best friend James who told me that. Okay, period. <laughs> but like you said, it's comfortable. Like, and now that I'm older, my mom knows. She be like, oh, these, I gotta wash these. Mm-hmm. You wash who's fucking box? Oh, these. these. <laughs> so when she first washed them, she thought they were my boyfriends until she, now that she's older, she's like, the whole time I was washing your boxers, thinking I'm washing your boyfriends. I'm like, why would you wash my boyfriend's drawers anyway? Why would I bring them home for you to wash? Right. Like, from college. <laughs> like, think about it, Jackie. Use your mind. <laughs> but now that my mom knows, it's kind of like, she'll be walking like, oh, you in these boxers again? Or, who, what girl you on the phone with now? Like, it's it's different. So, when right. I do it, it's not... Be- and then she be like, oh, here you go. Here's Miss Jaja Gabor with these lashes. And <laughs> I'm like, that just gives her, the, I think, the security for her to know I'm still a female. Because she'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, you put on lashes. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I can still do it. But it was like, I think the 90s for me gave me effort. Especially like people like Missy Elliott and Queen Latifah, who yes. I adore, Most Dana definitely. Owens. Definitely. I call her twin because I feel like I literally am her mini-me. But like... They let me know that it's okay to be covered and still, you know, mm-hmm. be able to give a message. And you got to show everything for everybody to like you. And as long as you're staying true to who you are, especially her and the brat, 
right. they were major for me. Um, it just gave me a confidence, like, yo, I don't gotta show my ass, even though I got it. Cause you know Shantae Harris, which is the brat, got a right. fatty, <laughs> but she be covering that joint, and I ain't mad because I be doing the same thing, brat. Because you know everybody can't be looking at these goodies right. and trying to touch get, these right. buns. Come these on. honey buns ain't for everybody to touch. They're sticky. You might want to watch out. But it's just like it, I felt like I had to keep myself closeted. And the, the, when Brat came out, um, with about her and Jessica Dupart, which is Big Booty Judy, mm-hmm. I was so ecstatic. Just not for her coming out and being, you know, accepting for herself and just, you know, loving herself and being comfortable herself. But because me knowing as a child growing up, knowing who I was then and watching this and wanting to be like her getting my brat twist and want to rock the gear she was rocking mm-hmm. and her do that. It's like, yo, you just made my life 10 times better to know I was not crazy growing up. Right. And it was okay to be who I am because we know brat still got the lashes, the shadow, the nails. But be real baggy, real comfortable. And I love that. And when people be trying to judge, I'm like, if you're going to put me in a category, put me in the Brat category. Because I feel like Brat is in her own lane. Right. I agree. Completely. I completely agree. I mean, and also, too, you know, if you just go back to Missy Elliott, like, she was just such a trendsetter. And so just Period. out of the world. Like, even her music videos, like, you still can watch them today and, like, Out of this world. That damn big-ass black yes, trash bag shit. Come on. Me, I'm super <laughs> fly. Super <laughs> fly. Come on. <laughs> Like, but yes, definitely. Um, they're definitely some of my muses. I know right now Rhapsody is big for me because one, I freaking love Rhapsody. Anybody mm-hmm. knows who knows I love her, but she's pretty much to me, I feel a protege of Queen Latifah just yeah. in this generation. But her style, like when she complimented me on her when I went to her concert, I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, rap loves my outfit. She was like, It's all that. I was yes. like, Oh I love her you don't know how much that means to me. <laughs> she is such a nice person, like in, in person in general. Like I've seen her coming a few times. Yeah, y'all be y'all be probably like, yo, why does bitch know everybody's government name? Marlana <laughs> is her real name. <laughs> which I know her are Rhapsody. But like she's hella dope. And I love Tiana Taylor. Cause you know, me and Tiana Taylor are the same age. She's from New mm. York. And her style back before when it was on the Billionaire Boys, Boys Club yep. days was real stud like mm-hmm. I'm here, but it was it was her. Yeah. And it was like, yo, it was like a what they say now, a soft stud. Um, soft stud? I haven't heard that one. That's really? Like, yeah, I haven't heard that one. It's either, <laughs> if they call a soft stud, which is somebody who still likes to, you know, be feminine, like wear makeup mm-hmm. and stuff, but still wear more masculine clothes in the process. That's what mm-hmm. Tiana does. Or what I say, a stem, which is a stud in the okay. fam. Yeah, I heard stem. That. Stem is always But been. yeah, they're trying to be politically correct now, so they call it a soft stud. Oh, okay, well, come on. I love a little educated moment. Okay, a little me? soft stud or whatever. <laughs> But I just love that because it's like, it gives, I don't know, it gives me like a freeing spirit and I feel like I have to confine myself. Like, I don't have to be a stud. I don't have to be a femme. I could just be what is comfortable for me. Like, same with Ty Young. Love her too. Another inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like, sneaker game is ri- ridiculous. Ridiculous. Why? You know, because I just had to show him my iPad. Because <laughs> you know I love Ty. Ty Young is on my every lock screen and every wallpaper, period. <laughs> Um, but it's just like when people, she's like, labels are for clothing. They're not for me. Like I wear what I want to wear. I rock what I want to rock. And when she has her face beat, she's bomb as hell. Right. With her wearing her basketball shorts and sneakers, she's still bomb as hell. She put on a heel. She's still bomb as hell. It's just like, she's true to herself. And I love that when it comes to fashion. Like, I feel like it's an expression of who you are. Mm-hmm. So who can really put a label on who you are outside of you? Cause you know what you're trying to go ahead and exude because you're, Appearance speaks nine times out of ten before you do. So, like, if I look at you, I'm like, oh, yes, honey. He is about the life. He knows how to make an ensemble. <laughs> and then there's that. Oh, I want to know him because him and I got the same sense of style. So, we need to we need to connect and see what we could do with this. Like, 
What up? I mean, I think that's with anybody. I think what I honestly, I've always lived by the expression that your style should say who you are probably before you open up your mouth. So when I look at you in a room, I should be able to tell who you are. I should be telling today's just a t- chill day for you. This week went for you. Oh, you might it might be your birthday, and I should be able to read that off of you automatically without no sash or no crown. Like I should be able just to tell that. And also too, it's your confidence in that. Like I feel like dressing the way that makes you feel comfortable is gonna make you be more confident in life and gonna provide us with the with the um, the strength to do better mm-hmm. in job, work, a relationship. So you know, do what you want to do, baby. That's my that's my word of advice today. Do you okay? Because can't nobody do you better. They gonna talk on. about you one way or another, whether they like it or they don't. So you might as well go ahead and get all the re- recognition possible. Right, live your life now because you only got one. Hello, Yolo. <laughs> So when did you know fashion was your true passion? Like people like fashion because it's like, oh, it's a hobby or people like fashion because it's like, yo, that's what I want to do to be able to continue a legacy. But for others, it's really a passion. It's a, literally a passion for fashion. And you, it's like, I'm going to do this and I will style even if I was broke. Like, I don't care because I love it that much and I love to whatever my contribution, what it fulfills. I think for me, when I really recognized it... um, it would be like my senior year to my sophomore year in college. Like that was the year I really switched it up. Like I think my senior year in high school, I kind of got off sneakers. Everybody wanted sneakers. Sneakers started Ugh. to become like that's when you had to wake up early in the morning, Ugh. carry your book bag with you to the store because if you buy your sneakers, you had to be scared that you might get jumped. Mm. Like it was just too much, and I wasn't doing that no more. And I was like, at that point, I wasn't wearing Jordans. I was just like, I'm just gonna customize me some Dunks, and that's what I used to love to wear. I also worked at Journeys, and they sold nothing but Dunks. So it was like, why not? So for me, I think during that era, I was able to really kind of like develop my style and really realize I had a passion for it. I was able to look at certain things and recognize what could work for me and what what would not work for me. Uh, reason why I say also freshman sophomore year because I went to school from the years of 2009 2013. Shout out to the OGs, um, but. I would say that was a year that thrifting really picked up everybody. And, like, I think I was able to really start thrifting at an early age. And it really, I enjoyed thrifting so much. Like, I enjoyed taking things and making it work for me or taking older pieces or things that may be outdated 10 to 15 years, like, washing it, cleaning it, and developing and making it, like, my own. And then my Marlin Troop in college, shout out to Epiphany Marlin Troop. We definitely always used to um, push the narrative and made sure that we did what we had to do with the fashion, okay? Okay. (laughs) And I know that's true because when you go to HBCU or what I say, HBCU nigga, because that's really what it is. Right. The modeling troops be pumping down. Shout out to Limitless and One Entity at Delaware State University. Um, yeah, because I already know. Shout out, you know, because my y'all know Jasmine was on here telling you about the pump down days. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you want to get a good pump down, get a good show. Right. Go to HBCU and find the modeling troop, and then boom, baby, you got you a whole production. Whole production. You hear me? Whole production. <laughs> So, being a true native of Charlotte, as you've mentioned, which we know fashion is different in the South than it is from the North. Because I know me being from New York, I'd be looking down here and be like, what in the entire <laughs> fuck? How does your style differ from many? Um, I don't know. So, like, I think my style differ from many because, like, I just don't try to fit the mold. I think, like, there's certain things I like to do. There's certain trends. Like, okay, cool. If neutrals are in, I'm going to work with some neutral colors and do things in nature. But I may do it completely different. Like, I think when certain things come to play, like, I'll say when neutrals first came in was maybe, like, around 2014 with the olive greens, the the browns, and the grays. He's talking like I know, but I'm going to nod my head like I know. <laughs> you know, you know. Don't even do that. Yes. <laughs> but when it was coming in, I think, like, people were doing, like, 
um, bomber jackets or certain things like mm-hmm. that. So, like, I think one of the biggest things for me, like, I realized that I'm going to take that and make it work for myself. Like, I had this whole olive green suit that I wore one year. And it really wasn't even a suit. It was some olive green jeans that I bought from H&M and an olive green blazer that I bought from Urban Outfitters that were the same color. And I wore one year for homecoming with some Chelsea boots. And, like, I think that, for me, I think, like, that was my... You, everybody remember that it moment on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was my first like it moment. Because he be putting like 600 likes, so Goodbye. he would know an it moment. Goodbye. I've only made it past 300, so Goodbye. I don't understand that life, you know? <laughs> Goodbye. Uh-uh. No. But I mean, at least, I think that's when I really started to realize like, oh, like, even though I'm from the South, like, I could switch it up. And I think also one thing that I did was I respected a lot of different other areas and the that's way they major. wear stuff. Like, that's major. I used to love the DC look. Like, the DC look was- Woo! New balances, the 990s, the 990s, the, the relaxed jeans, the like, H and H. Yes, come on, like it was, it was a whole new like. When I got to college, it was refreshing to see like outside of what was Charlotte, and then like even New York, like New York had a whole look. Like I feel like you know the beef and broccoli's. Let's be clear, like you, I got those in the closet. Come on, <laughs> the beef and broccoli's, the flight jackets, the like they, they had ways to do things. The North I, faces, the North faces. Come on, and and. You didn't recognize all this stuff until you start watching people and seeing what they provided yeah. and their confidence in it. So I think that's what made me say, okay, I don't want to be cata- I don't want to be in a category of just the South. Right. Like, so I want to switch it up in one day you think I'm from the North. I want to switch it up one day you think I'm from the Midwest. Right. Or from, you know, I'm from Florida. Like, it was just certain little things that I kind of wanted to do to make sure that I didn't fit the mold that I, I don't want to be boxed in, pretty much. I want to and be that's, boxed in. And y'all know that's we had on the first episode, Don't Doubt a Queen. Didn't I say that we didn't want to be boxed in? Look at us revisiting this now. <laughs> See, same message, different gender. Come on. But I feel you because I feel like, H, and I'm not knocking nobody else, like PWS, I'm not knocking y'all, but I feel right. like going to HBCU it forces you to see different cultures, and because it is y'all are normally the majority, it makes you be more open to learning it. Because mm-hmm. if I want to went to PWR, somebody from DC, I'm looking at you like you're fucking crazy. Like you're, what is the fuck is go go? What the fuck is a go go? <laughs> what are you wearing? Like right. I wouldn't be as receptive because I would feel like the oppression from me being at PWI would subside my mindset to be that open and clairvoyant that I would just literally stray away from trying to learn as I would normally do and be open to that knowledge and just prejudge and then going about my business right. because there's not enough of us here for me to have to gather to give a fuck. Right. And I think also too HBCUs like you they respected other people's in their areas. Like first time I ever heard girl go music was at HBCU party. Like and they in the middle of the floor, like um, and, go, and imagine being going to Dell State, which literally is the middle in the nucleus right. to New York, Maryland, fucking Jersey. Right. Everything is literally around <laughs> Delaware and nobody knows where Delaware is. But everybody's around yeah, Delaware. Right. So now you got everybody coming in one spot. It's like oh whole melting pie. Come on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Beat your feet, okay. Right, come on, right. TCB, yes. new impressions, okay. Pretty no girls, me, no, no me. Okay, heard you. And then you got Philly, and I'm like, I bet that's not, like Meek. I want y'all to know Meek is pretty much a student. He has a D100 at Dell State. He was Meek was performing at Dell State before he blew up because he mm-hmm. was just a local Philly artist. So at my school, I remember in 08 he was there before he got his blow up. Mm-hmm. He was still underground. Meek was there. Nobody knew Jay who Cole he really was. Was at State University before like he blew up. Nobody never knew like, who he yeah, was, like, but it, it, it is what it is. Is, but I think that's just so dope because I just like I said HBCUs gave you a different insight. I think I went through a phase, surprisingly, guys, where I had my preppy girl phase where everything I wore was polo, Ralph Lauren. I wouldn't wear nothing else. Who didn't? Like, let's be clear. That was well, you know, some people's not with the the, 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 the that level. Cause some of my friends is like, what the fuck? And you're wearing these big ass bowls on your head. Like, who the fuck are you? You're wearing these equestrian pants and fucking riding boots. Like, bitch, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, ah. 
And that's all I used to wear. And then it was the phase of bright colors and 90s yep. where I just literally wore 90s gear all through the whole entire time. And everybody knew me as the 90s. I think that's why everybody knows me as a 90s chick. But then it was just like I was in the process. I felt like through college I was trying to find myself mm-hmm. and what worked for me because I knew I couldn't conform to the normal standard of what it was for. And I even had my LeBray. I had a LeBray because I was in my rock girl phase at a point. <laughs> It's, I still got the hole. Like, it was just because I was like, yo, what was I thinking? <laughs> and I don't know. But and then it was just like, you know what? Stick to what you know. Stick to who you are. And you're just the girl who does Jordans. You're a Jordan girl. Like, mm-hmm. you do sneakers. Sneakers are who you are. Sneakers are your expression. So, giving somebody like, oh, those are the most freshest Jordans. But they'll know when they come no, come into your inner sanctum. As I say, when my, I tell my grandmother, when I open that door, I'm allowing you to see the other parts of me. Because when they always say somebody who's of the communities in the closet. Maybe I'm in the closet with the doors wide open. I'm just not welcoming you in. Right. There's I nothing agree. for me to hide. I just am very selective because I'm sensitive about my shit on my Erica Badu. Come on. This is fucking me. And I, if you're trying to criticize me in a life you don't live or walk, we used to now have a problem. Right. <laughs> so that's why I'd be like, listen, what you do in the heterosexual world don't apply over here in the in the rainbows, okay? Because this, this would be like Skittle. I'll make your ass taste the rainbow. Keep playing with me. <laughs> But I just feel like it's a different energy. So like like you said, it's it's great to have ready to come together. And I feel like I was blessed going to HBC, especially Dell State, mm-hmm. given it was a nucleus to everybody's outer out outliers to where we all came together. Mm-hmm. And now go go, you talk about go go. I'm fighting you, right? You know, because I'm from southeast, south from south plains. And I think just know, having that HBC experience. So like the 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 blessing for me was is that my parents met at Winston State University. So like they started Legacy Baby. Definitely Legacy Baby. Like <laughs> met at Winston. So I was going to homecoming since I was three. Like I understood what Winston tradition was. Like I homecoming for me is a national holiday. Like I'm sorry. I'm not working during homecoming. <laughs> like, I, I apologize. Like it was, it was so hard in 2020 in this in this panty, you know, to, this you panini because niggas panini, was pressed because right, people were pressed. Like it was so hard for me to to let homecoming go by and just to, and to not do it. Though I do know I do advocate for everybody be safe, wash your hands, wear your mask. But you know, it was just like homecoming is a tradition. It's like Christmas, honestly. Like my family, it's a family reunion. Yeah, it's a family reunion. My family celebrated very heavily. Like my family's very involved in HBC. My my mom's older sister went to Winston. My mom went to Winston. My dad went to Winston. My uncle and my dad That was my second A&T. school of choice. Yes. Huh? That was my second school of choice what, to Winston? go to outside of NCCU. Look, girl, we could have been friends all along, right? <laughs> the way the universe works. You know, it's all right. Now that we don't link them, it's... Celebration every time. Everlasting. You hear me? <laughs> forever, Elva. But yes. So, I mean, I just think that that tradition and that, that installment at a young age, like, I, I really remember... Being in my senior year, everybody talking about what schools you apply for. Like the only schools I applied for were HBCUs because, like, that's where I knew I wanted to go. That like, that's why I knew, like, I was like, they're gonna take Elgin to the next level. And so, I, it's a. And dream. if nigga got anything to say about HBCU, ask them who your vice president is. Right. Come on. <laughs> ask them. Did you talk? To Period. Because she's a bison. <laughs> Period. But given that you said that you started and you just knew exactly like, you know, where you're going to be and what you give in fashion, what is a true statement piece that everybody knows as your signature? So it all depends on the years. <laughs> I would say what was really my statement piece is back in college, I used to love Doc Martens. So, um, and I'm saying this. I got so- three little pairs. <laughs> I used to love Doc Martens. And I used Those to- would have went cute with that too. Yes, them gold plays. Yes, come on. And then, so for me, Doc Martens... I had these green Doc Martens, these green Doc Martin boots that I would wear religiously. Like, 
like if I was walking to the modeling show, they were the holy grail. They were the holy grail. Like if I had <laughs> Elgin's not coming to play with you. And I think that that was like my signature statement then. Now, I would say, what would be my signature statement? I love a good trench. Like, so- But you want to know why I asked that question? Why? Because when I first met you, and this is, don't judge me, y'all, because y'all know my mind is like, like, like I said, my mind's a little different. I remember you telling me that you are all for rings, and that's what normally you know will have a ring on every finger, and that's not common as you see, especially given your size and your height. So that's why I asked that question. That's true. I have a ring on every finger but the ring finger because, you know, yes. if somebody ever want to get down on that knee, you know, anytime right. soon, you know. But I if y'all can see sure. his rings right now, child, <laughs> they're giving. They're giving. Just something like But that. I think for me, because I'm a poet, I took that on a more philosophical, mental level mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, rings are your statement because I feel like your hands are pretty much something that you use on a daily basis and there's something that you don't realize how much they're useful until right. you don't have them, God forbid. Yes. And because normally when you go into, when it's like the elevator interview, you go, you shake a hand or, you know, you, you have gesticulation, you're talking with your hands. I feel like the first encounter the way people really have might be your appearance, but when it comes face to face, it's your hand or what you know how how strong is your handshake right. so when you're like oh i keep a ring on every finger but that ring finger someone want to get down on one knee to me it was just like you know what i'm solid in who i am that enough that if I, you take even one little piece of me i'm still yeah. gonna hold it down come on if you tell me i gotta wear all black trust me leave okay that's fine i can do all black but it's gonna be a ring on every finger <laughs> and that's what i'm saying and the fact that you're like no matter what i'm going to go against the grain no matter what because your hands are pretty much how you go ahead and create it's like to me that just spoke uh it was a symbolism for me mm-hmm. so that's why i was asking that question oh, yeah, come on so i forgot i even said that child the power of liquor let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> so how do you figure out versatility in your style like you said you like one day i want to look like this one day i want to look like that how do you figure out the versatility of what you want to give it's my mood like i think it's my mood it could be the, my music in the shower sometimes can always direct me to where i want to go like <laughs> you would never see me it's like i would tell you Literally before every trip, anywhere I go, I am up before, like, if it's a flight, I'm really up before the flight. Like, I don't get no sleep unless my flight is, like, the evening, the next day. Because I'm literally trying to figure out, like, what do I want to, how do I want to feel on this trip? Like, how I want to go. Like, mm-hmm. clothing for me, like I said, is an expression. It's a part of me. So, I can't just, you know, I can't just not have options. I may get down there and not be having a good time. And, you know, I want to throw in a cute little sweatsuit. Or I may want to get down there and we having a great time. And now we want to, you know. Go now I want to nice serve you a little bit. And I want to, you know, serve you a little bit. So, for me, like, my friends say that all the time. Like, I've never went to the airport and my bag has been less than 50 pounds. Like, y'all, it is so embarrassing. I'm the friend that has to carry a carry-on me bag. Too. And me I too. Gotta check a bag. Oh. Look, I remember Terrence, uh, my friends Terrence and EJ and Miyasha were laughing at me, y'all. We was coming back from Vegas. I literally, when I went to Vegas, my bag was at 54 pounds. When I left, I don't know how my bag was at 60 pounds. I'm literally up there talking to a lady at American Life, pulling clothes out my bag, and they just shaking their head at me. Like, it was just, it was just so hilarious because... I'm going to tell y'all a trick. Jeans are two pounds per pair. Oh. So now that you know that, be mindful what you can actually stuff in your backpack. Okay. And the fact that I know that is a sad situation, so don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> and sneakers are counted as three pounds. Oh, Lord. Let me tell you So something. if that's what you have are shoes, that's three pounds automatically no matter what it is. But jeans are heavy because of the fabric. So that's two pounds. So whenever they actually take out four pounds, just take out two pairs of jeans and throw me your backpack. Get you a good little suitcase that has the nice line at the bottom. Yes. Where you can fit at least six pairs of shoes in there. And I can tell you the trick. You put them together. You smush them a little bit. And you got your six pairs. Plus the seven pairs of the ones that you got on your feet. Because you never wear. You always want to make sure. Hello. You, you make a wear a pair that you, you don't. Make a wear a pair. Right. Thank you. I do that all the time. <laughs> 
Let me tell you something. That airplane flight look, you might find your boo on an airplane. Hello, be dressed. (laughs) So when did you become a sneakerhead? Because that is a connoisseur I take very personally. (laughs) I do not play when it comes to my sneakers. And if you play with sneakers, you're a trifling sneakerhead. Okay. So I think sneakerhead, it's so funny. Like last night I was talking to some people and we were like talking about baby pictures. And like I literally found this picture. I was like, I got to show this to Jess because she's she's going to crack up. So... This is damn shame. <laughs> this is me like at like almost like one, two years old with Jordans on my feet, y'all. Also, too, like, um, I think my dad used to buy me Jordans and like because my mom was like, I was never buying you them shoes. I thought they were same thing with my, my mother for too expensive for kids' shoes. So, like, my dad would literally buy me Jordans and my favorite Jordan was the bread 11s because <gasps> me and my dad has a picture with it. Yeah, me and my dad have a picture with the bread leather on. So every time they come out, I'll be like, I got to get these shoes. Like, I, and I wear the full. The picture is so cute, guys. <laughs> it's adorable. I'm gonna send you just a shoe. It's a home. It's a hallmark. It's a hallmark <laughs> moment. Oh, come on. Yes, that's senior, senior, and junior. So I mean, I think for me, that's where it may have my, my love for shoes. I think my love for shoes came from my dad. Guys, if y'all hear some raglan, it's because I'm refilling Elgin's drink because he's just trying to make sure we get lit over here on this podcast. It's a vibe. Okay? It's it a is vibe. definitely is. You but carry on. So, I think my sneaker loving came from my father, where my um, my love for fashion came from my mother. So, um, I think that's where it all started for me. It's been since birth. It's like it's ingrained in you. So, it's like you pay attention to your shoes. I pay attention. You know what's funny? Because from what my aunt tells me, shout out to my aunt Renee. Mm-hmm. My mom was a shoe lover. My mom has hundreds of shoes. My dad was a sneaker lover. My dad has hundreds of sneakers. So, imagine me. I come into the world, their child. When I tell you I have as much shoes as I have sneakers, which y'all don't know. How fun fact, I still am a female. Come on. And I only wear inch heels five inches or higher. I don't wear anything below, honey. I don't do it. And yes, I am 5'10", and I will be 6'3", 6'4", by the time I put them on. That's fine. And that's why I don't have time to play games. <laughs> Nonetheless, y'all will see you on Valentine's Day because Elgin's my date. Y'all will be able to see me pump real quick for y'all yes. one, two, one, one, two. <laughs> but nonetheless, like... My shoe, my love for sneakers, I have for shoes. And my shoes be some bad-ass shoes because I wear a size 11. Yes, big foot, big personality. Know her, okay? Right. And my shoes be popping in probably more of y'all little feet hoes. So it doesn't even matter. I'm probably still stunning on you because I have compliments on my heels whenever like, where you get them from? Sorry, they're for plus-size feet, like a plus-size figure female. Right. Like, go that way. <laughs> but I serve it up. And because I do, Elgin, do you have as many shoes as you do sneakers? Um, actually, that is really crazy. I think I don't. Like, so for me with dress shoes, if I love them, I will wear the full out of them. So, like, I wear them to the point where it's no it's no return. So, like, I love a good loafer, though. I love a good, um, dress shoe for, like, work. Especially if it's comfortable because, like, I'm up walking, I'm up talking at work a lot, um, prior before the pandemic. So, for me, like, I like a good, comfortable dress shoe. So, you know, I have more sneakers than I do dress shoes because, also, too, I was quick... Nine to five at five, I'm getting off and I'm going home. I'm changing and I'm hitting the streets. You hear me? So it's like okay. I didn't make sure I for had the streets for the streets. I didn't make sure I had something to mix and mingle. Now I do have a lot of I have some dress shoes, but if we was to count them up and separate and put them side by side, it's gonna be more sneakers today. Yeah, it's probably more sneakers for me too. But I ain't show Elgin my real collection of my dress shoes. She hiding the good. I didn't show the pumps. We're gonna I'm gonna show them half the and then y'all can y'all can hear about it later. Right. <laughs> But, yeah, that's true. I feel like for me, I think because I'm a female, if it's a badass shoe and it's very versatile and it's like, oh, but you got a size 11, which is scarce, I'm copping mm-hmm. you. P. 
period. Which reminds me, I need to go invade Selena's closet because we were the same size and since we having some bad ass shoes. <laughs> so, um, SJ, uh, prepare me to come by the new crib. Hello, <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, I would say I probably have more sneakers than I do shoes because sneakers are just me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like to wear my jerseys, which y'all know with my sneakers. So unfortunately that's what it is. You but are a Jersey um, girl. okay, I am a Jersey girl, but I'm not from Jersey. Jersey right. <laughs> okay. Um, but do you um how do you feel your influence can be on people? Like, because I feel like normally when you have a fashion sense, when people are not too well aware of you know, who they are or comfortable is kind of like, well, seeing this person kind of influences and, you know, embodies for me to embrace myself. So how do you feel you influence people with your fashion sense? Um, I think I, I influence people to like, to dare to be different. Um, I think that see, when people see that you're comfortable in wearing anything or you're comfortable in doing something, like it allows them to be comfortable as well to say, I can do something and I can... I can make it my own. I think also, too, another thing that this world don't do that we need to do more is spread a little bit more love. Like, if you see somebody, you can tell they don't look comfortable with what they have on or they feel kind of scared. Like, you know, encourage them, promote them, like, or or help them look better or feel more comfortable. Okay, be real friends. Yeah, be real friends. Like, I think it's always, you never know when you may need that helping hand. So, I'm going to always extend one, um, regardless if you take it or not. So, I think that's for me is my way of being influenced is to say that I'm not trying to be better than you. I want you to be on the same level with me or vice versa. If I need to tone it down to make you feel comfortable, I surely can. Oh, no, I'm not toning shit down to make you feel comfortable. (laughs) Kiss my ass. No, I mean, because, I mean, sometimes you got to read the room and I think... Which is true. Yes. But I want y'all to know my tone down is going to be like a hoodie or something. Ain't nothing wrong with a hoodie. But my thing is that hoodie still can be it can be up there. Like, you can be blessed. Because let me go out right now with Elgin. I want you to know I'm in a hoodie and some leggings. He's dressed to the nines. I'm only going to throw on some 700 Yeezys and be like, I'm cute. And I'm going out the door. Goodbye. You probably throw on 700 Yeezys that nobody could get. In yes, they are. They're the common ones everybody got. Which ones? Them, them wave. Them wave 700 <laughs> runners. Everybody got the wave 700 runners. And if y'all don't know what those are and y'all ask me, like, well, what is she talking about? That means you're not a real sneakerhead. <laughs> if I say wave 700 runners... Yeezys, they're gonna be like, oh, we know what she's talking about. Know your numbers, just like you need to know your numbers with Jordan. <laughs> know your numbers with your sex partners too, but we not gonna go there either. Ooh, Ooh, no, that's a whole other tea, whole other another day. day. We're moving fashion forward. <laughs> Period. Fashion forward. But I feel like for me, I influence people because when anybody has a '90s party to go to, they call my phone every time. Mm. I'm like, why me? They're like, cause you love how you dress. Um, couldn't tell because you never liked the picture, but that's cute. Cute, right? Look, and that, and that should tell you right there how much of an influence you are. Like, And that's why I be taking right. my accolades because I'm like, oh, you just gave me a dry, high compliment with it being real mm-hmm. shady. But some, people gonna hate, some people going to hate, you know, but it's okay. Let them hate. But, it's fine. You know, they're going to give you your props because they what they can't do is still take it from you. And that's their problem. So, Period. You know. What are some of the pros and cons of being a tall black gay man? Because you said you're six five, and I know that, and I just seen that if y'all can see the gag order face he just gave yes. right now, I clearly see this is going to be a good little topic. So let's let you elaborate. <laughs> so I think okay, we'll start off with cons first before we get to pros. One of the cons for me, I think, and still is sometimes to this day, is jeans. Oh my god, it's so hard to find jeans in my size. So like, I'm a smooth, you know, when I'm working out, I'm doing really good. I'm smooth thirty six. 38, you know, 36, 38, 34 length. So I think the problem is is that 34 length for everybody is not 
the real true 3048. Hello, I know because um, I wear that in men's. Right. And 3438. I'm, and I'm just a person like back in the day, it was cute to wear a little, you know, capri pants, but this, this, mm-hmm. this day. God, the way my legs are set up. Uh, right. No, like, uh uh-uh, uh, it's a little too, it's a little too breezy to be out here with short jeans. Over so. here looking like you about to wade in the water with right, the ankles. You hear me? <laughs> like, we are running. You hear me? No, uh uh-uh. uh. So I think that's for me, that's one of my biggest cons is like, I, I'm, when I find jeans that fit, like, I'm, I'm buying them all. Like I can give you the best example. Like maybe a couple months ago, I bought these packs on jeans in store, and out of they was just on I sale. Try American Eagle. Yes, American Eagle's good too. American Eagle used to be my college, my college go to jeans. They're still my go to, <laughs> even though they went a little bit behind the green. But yes. I think the reason why they they stopped being my go to in college is because I had to start ordering more because they start selling the longer sizes in store so america eagle if you hear this if you out there baby put them things back in the store it's a lot of hello because a lot of us are still out here right. that need more versatility in our our skinny jeans thank you right everybody ain't sure that is not the common size hello <laughs> extra yeah, i used to have an extra tall i used to get those and i used to oh get- yeah because mm. <laughs> i'm 510 and that's that's not tall but it's tall enough because i'm only two inches away from being six foot tall like mm. and then i'm thick so i got body yaddy 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 right no waist <laughs> Body big, body book, booty big. No waist. I really don't have no waist. So it's a lot in these thighs that gotta be able to get in these jeans. I felt Beyonce when she said, if you don't jump to put jeans on, you don't feel my pain. Come on. I heard you. I heard you, B. I felt you. (laughs) It's real out here in these streets. So I think, I mean, I just think that's probably one of the big, that's one of the biggest ones. I think also being tall, like you have to realize, like, you have friends who are 5'8, 5'9, 5'10. So, like, (sighs) in pictures, you are towering over them. So, like, I used to do this thing where I would always tilt my head like really close to my friend's head because I felt like it made me look like I'm their size. Look, but it like, makes the picture look so awkward. It makes the picture so awkward. They be like, "Oh, this is such a good picture." I'm like, "Y'all, I look like my neck is look like a giraffe." Like, that's a giraffe. what I fucking say because that's like, what giraffes do. Like, like, right? Seriously. So I'm literally like always trying to, always trying to do that. Like, but I think being six five is a blessing too. I think the pros about it is that. Um, when I walk in a room, it automatically demands presence. Like my height is, I think my best attribute. Um, outside I mean, of my you're personality. statuesque. Yeah, so like honey. yeah, like I think just you're not no skinny. You're not no little Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, six right. five. <laughs> you want some, honey? I'm pumping through, and I got the ham hocks. Got a little hope. weight on it. Yeah, you know that's all you need. But I think that's and that's the beauty in it. I think that. I and I had to learn that. I had to learn that my height is gonna demand attention. So you either live in that moment or live in that spotlight or you shy away from it. And I'm like, let's let's get, I'm getting all the sun rays. Live in I can. the moment. <laughs> so do you feel like your critique more now, like being that you are in the South and you are a Charlotte native, I know in the South Mason Dixon line, they're more they're more of a critique and more of a stereotypical, I guess, prejudice down here. Mm-hmm. Um, for African Americans in general. But not the fact that you're not just a regular African-American. You're a tall African-American. But on top of that, you're part of the community. So you're mm-hmm. a, a gay male. So it's not like I'm walking out here like a 6'5". Like, oh, I'm wearing baggy jeans. Three. It's like I'm going to wear what I want to wear. If I'm pumping with a nice Chelsea, I'm pumping with a Chelsea. If I'm pumping with a Jordan, it's going to be a Jordan. But baby, I'm going to give you the life I'm going to give. Right. So do you feel like you're critiqued more down here as opposed if you were in like New York and it's like, baby, you pumping down 7th Avenue. That's common cliche no matter how tall you are. I think I'm... I think I'm not critique more, but you you catch the eyes, you catch the stares. Like prior before coming here, like I told you, I had to pick up my my new glasses from um, where I ordered from, and this girl literally said to me, she's talking about, yes, honey, you giving it what it gave, and this is like more people in New York wouldn't have paid you no mind, like they would have just let you walk on by the street. We wouldn't have because we're used to that. Yeah, shit. Yeah, you used to it. I mean, you used to seeing so much versatility, and I think it probably would have been like, oh, I wonder what kind of where she get those Chelsea's, right. those top tier blah, or those was bottom low blah. But either way, bitches working. Come on, and and I think that's the difference. Um, I think down south though, also too. 
now in this day and age we're so influenced by artists and what they're doing like Think about it. In 2009, was you seeing that many people wear men wearing like Chanel bags or a Telfer? Like, and it, and that I that pouch, the pouches y'all trying to call fanny packs, fanny packs. niggas. Yes, like, it's just fucking fanny packs. I used yeah. to love a fanny pack back in the day. Like, it, but it's so funny to see that kind of be, you know, shift the change. Now that you want to go ahead and put it around your whole body, it's an asymmetrical. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Uh, it's, it's so funny to see like it's to funny see to see like because that. a lot of what men are doing now and y'all can crucify me on the cross and say whatever y'all want to feel it's called just be real positive I'm gonna say what the fuck on my mind That's right. a lot of what men are doing now that are cisgender men and cisgender if you didn't listen to LGBTQIA which is let's get real by being in touch with alliances that's the podcast episode with me and Jay Hill which is from June of last year go tap in if you haven't right um I feel like it's funny because a lot of the cisgender men who always want to criticize anybody in the community, and I'm not going to say specifically who, because community to me is in general, whatever you identify yourself as, binary, non-binary, that's your business. I'm just going to say the community because we have our own little niche, mm-hmm. is more so of these fanny packs y'all are wearing around your chest is something that y'all will try to bash or beat up 20 years ago of a, a a gay man walking down the street wearing one if he would have wore across his chest. The same skirt y'all trying to rock in these big name label magazines or y'all would have judged a black man for going ahead and wearing them because it's not a kilt or nothing a part of his culture. So what y'all trying to make something out of nothing which was already done if y'all know Miss Sylvester, honey, as well as my good, good homegirl from Pose. We're not going to get into all of them, but we're, you know, we can go into MJ Rodriguez, India Moore. Um, there, there's a list of them. Y'all wouldn't be a lot of what y'all call as the oh that's real fruity pebbles, sugar in the tank type shit is which a lot of y'all cisgender men are doing. Tight ass jeans is what fucking queens and everybody else is wearing way before your time. The fact that y'all are doing it behind y'all asses while cutting y'all nuts off and y'all nutsack is a little more questionable for me because <laughs> that means you're not trying to reproduce, which means therefore you're trying to shoot up somebody's club that's not going to get shot up for real. <laughs> but I'll leave that to your own imagination. Nonetheless, Why a lot of what somebody else club that's just sad. <laughs> but nonetheless, a lot of what y'all wearing with this more fitted clothing is something that a lot of gay men were doing ahead of their time. So now that that's something that's more so a phenomenon since the skater boy culture, where that became more tight jeans rather than the baggy skinny jeans. Which, if y'all don't know, y'all history was done in prison where people used to wear big saggy jeans to let you know that my ass was available without having to not let you know my ass was available. That whole second of the jeans stuff. If y'all trying to call somebody gay, you're gay. If you do it, if you're a cisgender man trying to back somebody else because you're pretty much telling somebody your ass is available because that's where it stemmed from in the culture but y'all not ready for that conversation either because y'all like to be ignorant so i'm gonna let y'all have y'all bliss i'm gonna let y'all have y'all bliss but that's really where it comes down to so i just want y'all to know that but it's just like be mindful because like you like elgin said it's pretty much people are letting you know who they are without them opening up their mouth mm-hmm. and i know for me everybody's like oh the girl with the big butt with the sneakers it was really that's what i was known as in college and that's fine right but at the same token y'all knew to respect my shit which means if y'all come you better come correct right and don't come with no fugazi because it might get haze <laughs> okay um but do you feel you're more uh, outside of you feeling like you're not as more critiqued in just north carolina what kind of networking because i know like within the fashion industry there's a lot of cross wires that intertwine between mm-hmm. other different industries what kind of networking has built for you and your net worth through your fashions um, I think so. Like I'm very social. Um, just also know me. I have a. Um, I'm a managing partner of Control Lifestyle Group here in Charlotte. Um, we're an LGBTQIA community. We're an LGBTQIA um, 
well, supportive organization. We do a lot of things um, underneath that. We have Control My Story, where we do docu-series. We have um, Nightlife, where we have hosted parties and events. We also have a lot of great new things coming up for you. So I think with my fashion or with my style, it's always created a conversation. Like, if someone likes something on you, it's a great way to say, oh, I like your shirt. Or you That's like how we met. Else, definitely how we met. Like, even if you like something else with someone of someone else's style, it just starts the conversation and makes you want to get to know people more. Like, for example, same way like Jess said, how we met. I literally love Jess shoes, her outfit, the her her vibe that she was getting off. She was very much so chilling. Like, her and her line sister was over there just, like, relaxing, having time, enjoying that hookah. And, like, I kept peeping that at the corner of my eye, even though my friends was turning up, getting <laughs> drunk, and, you know, we was having to enjoy our Sunday fun day. But I kept peeping in my eye, and I was like, you know, I love, like, just... And her entire dopeness, like, of that. So, when she was leaving, like, I had to give her a compliment. Like, you know, it's just sometimes you sometimes you don't know how to approach people, especially in this pandemic, because we also want to make sure we're social distancing. Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, I didn't want to be, like... Which I want y'all to know, I came up to them at the first, and I was like, I'm going to keep my social distance, because right. I don't know how people be acting with it, even though I got a mask on. Right. <laughs> And I literally was, I, I literally was saying that to uh, Jess, and I was like, so that's why when she was like, she's leaving, I was like, I cannot let her go without giving her a compliment. And lo and behold, two weeks later, we here now. Here we are. <laughs> here we are. I feel like, I feel like that's major because I feel like I make a lot of my connection. Like even with my own sorors, we did a whole TikTok, which it was just like all the sneaker sorors, mm-hmm. and it was just crazy to see like how sneakers literally brought our souls together. All pun intended. Brought our souls yes, together. Yes, pun intended. Um, so it's like, I feel like I, in, in my current life right now, I'm going to you know, Elgin is my sneaker soulmate. <laughs> S-O-L-E mate. Okay, in my current Maybe. life. See, that's my soulmate. But it's like, like he said, it wasn't an issue. Like, when he gave a compliment, it was... What I, and honestly, I was trying to match Soy, who's my... Soy is one of my sore. I was trying to match Soy's energy because I'm like, what are we, what are we doing today? So I know how to dress because if I'm a dress, y'all know. You, if I don't know where we're going, I gotta make sure I'm ready for all occasions. So if we dress, go someplace where it's a little fancy, at least I know I'm still wearing the demeanor where I'm still being me. Like, cause I had my little Burberry trench coat, my little Burberry bucket, or I was ready to just do a little flex if I had to. But if I didn't need to, I really would have just been in that damn top and went about my right. business. Cause I was like, I don't know what what, what we hitting for today. But it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's a vibe. And I just like, I love when people just can give their flowers to people. Just like, yo, I'm not even hating. Like, yo, you're mm-hmm. fucking dope as fuck. Right. Like, and that's what it is. So like, okay. So given that it has helped you in your net worth and your fashions, being a renaissance man, how do you see fashion progressing in the next five years? Ooh, I mean, that's a really great question. I mean... Fashion has really, truly scoped our world to be, I think, more accepting. It's re- it's um, a repeat. To it's me. always a repeat. Always a repeat. But I think it's also is like allowing our our society to 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 blur the lines. Like I think that now we don't have a true um, a true nature of femininity and masculinity in fashion. Now I think it very much so can be um, interpretation. It very much so can be up to gender expression, gender identity. Like it's so much in fashion that provides in real life that can be very accepting. You see more people now that are so comfortable with themselves and. I like who I like, regardless of how you feel about me and what I decide to wear. That's like, the best part. It's really the best part. Like I've had a lot of um, frat brothers who respect my style, and and I respect theirs. And I've had a lot of people who have asked me to to dress them or style them. Now, though, when I'm in an alpha setting, I make sure I put on my fitted, um, tailored black suit. Um, my white fitted, shirt, baby, it's fitted. My black and gold tie. But you know, I make sure that. 
when I'm in a setting where I can be and express myself, I can do that freely and know that I have people that's going to support me regardless of what I wear. And like I said, fashion is supposed to start a conversation and it's been doing it for years. Period. So, Hence why this is called fashion forward. forward. Right. So given, like you said, androgyny is not what you want to classify yourself as, but you know, like people like Boy George and... You know, Little Richard and mm-hmm. Prince, there were really big pillars. Well, I could say Boy George. I'm not Caucasian, so can't speak for y'all Caucasoid. Sorry. <laughs> I can only speak for my people, which is like, you know, Rick James, uh, Prince. Uh, there's a list and plethora of other options of people out here you can put in more so of where it gave, you know, like Little Richard. That gave more of a... F- not to say in a feminine aspect, but gave you kind of a, I'm going to give you what I gave you. You're going to take it what it is. Mm-hmm. And we could probably say Prince more than anybody and Little Richard because there was no shame in there the motherfucking game. Right. Um, how do you feel like androgyny has now become more of a trend as opposed of it being something that's really spoken as a true influence of who a person really is? Um, I, I would say it becomes more of a trend because like I said, everybody wants to be the celebrity. Everybody wants to be the trendsetter. Everybody wants to be, oh, I saw that on TV. I want to rock that. I want to be that. But I think that the the beauty in that is that um, outside of it being a, 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 trend, a trendsetter moment, it's also showing that you are in support of this. Now, your viewpoints and your your way, the way you may speak about things may be completely different. But at the end of the day, you can't say that. You can't say that I can't be around a man who wears heels. When, sir, you have on a whole fanny pack. Strapped around your your bag. You have one of and you have one fucking jeans that are cr- crossing your dick. Yeah. your ass that are fucking tight you as have fuck. A, you have a five thousand dollars Chanel purse across your shoulder. Like it's it's how, but you but can't I'm be around done. a man with heels. So it's like you you're kind of blurring the lines to the point where if you're really judging somebody, are you truly judging or are you just not judging yourself? So Ooh, that's that, a be real bomb right there. <laughs> that's a be real bomb right there. Right there. So I think with androgynous and the the beauty of fashion, the way it's progressing, people, I think that it's allowed. It's allowed men and women, I would say, to to really um, t- test in. the border and tap into to both sexes, clothing, fashion, and things of that nature. I think that's one of the beauty why people love Tiana Taylor because Tiana Taylor is so feminine but so masculine in certain ways. Like I I know her relationship with her husband is just so dynamic because I I and dope because I know. She sometimes probably is like, we're going to do this. I'm taking on a date. We're doing... Like, I'm pretty sure when she met him, she probably progressed up on him. Like, mm-hmm. I can really see that in my mind. Like... Tiana she, Taylor's one of few. Yes. <laughs> one of few. One of few. One of few. She's... I feel like Tiana Taylor is Aaliyah, the brat, and... I give a little bit of MC Light in that, too. Right? I'm about to say MC yeah. Light and Queen Latifah, like, mixed into one. Mm-hmm. And then she'll give that Beyonce, Tina Turner... Josephine Baker vibe yeah. when she feels like it, mm-hmm. and that's that's Tiana Taylor. She's in her own lane, and I fucking love it. I've always loved it since the days when she first came out with Google Me Baby. Yeah. Oh, but I met her literally after Google Me Baby came out. I met her at ATL Pride in 2012. I was down in Atlanta at Lenox Mall. Everybody know you go to Lenox Mall. And you met her and where? I had at Lenox Mall. For what? For ATL Pride. Okay, great. I just want to make sure that was recorded. She was just in the mall. Yes, definitely. She was in the mall, and I have a whole picture with her. Like. Such a and such so polite, so humbling. Like, didn't mind taking a picture with us, said what's up, everything of that nature. So, that's a person I gotta put on my list to meet. Like, I have I've had some people I want to meet in life. Mm-hmm. One of them was Rhapsody, the next was Selena, the other one is Braley Evans, Demetri McKinney, mm-hmm. um, and Tiana Taylor is another one. 
But I'm trying to say who's the other two. I don't remember right now, guys. But y'all already know I met Rhapsody and we've chapped it up. Selena Johnson, we're not even gonna talk about her. Like at this point, she's family, right. which is friends and family. She's family. We're not gonna talk about Selena. And Demetria, y'all know I got my little um, you know, my little my little message from her that now it's like, you know, we birthday twins. I gotta meet her. And Braylee Evans just speaks to me as a whole. Like she's that auntie right. for me. Tiana speaks to me a crazy oh, Ty Young. Mm-hmm. It's another one I want to meet because she's so fire. And I've met Bree Steves, which is another one. That's my seventh one. I met Bree mm-hmm. Steves. We've exchanged a good encounter. So it's just like, those are people that are influential to so me. me yeah. be- and it's versatile because all of them, seven, have a different background. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like, who I would love to meet, I would love to meet Tracy Ellis Ross. <gasps> um, like, the auntie of all the aunties! Auntie of all aunties. So Tracy Ellis Ross, like, first of all, from Girlfriends alone, like, girl, I got to chop it up with you. Um, I would love to meet Andre 3000. Like, I just feel like he pushed the mode um, for men and he didn't care. And he was so masculine with everything he did. Like, hey, y'all, it's probably one of my favorite videos. Yes. That middle that part, still Bob, press. that still press was everything to me. You hear me? Like, and don't let me meet your daddy. Yes, come <laughs> on. Like, I just enjoy every bit of that. Um, Andre 3000, um, Tracy Ellis Ross, who else would I say? You know, I won't be able to meet her, but heavenly, I know she's watching over me. My favorite female um, artist would be Whitney Houston. I Snippy. hate to meet Nippy. Um, I just know she would have been a great time. Like, I think it's a lot of celebrities out yeah. here. I think are very Aaliyah would have been influential for yeah. me because she gave Tomboy Swag a different vibe. Most definitely, me. yes. I would say Aaliyah would have been somebody dope. And Left Eye. Me. Like, yeah. Because like, Left Eye was the really the crazy, sexy, cool. Yeah, really. All in one. You hear me? <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, I would have burned his fucking house out through his sneakers in the bathtub, too. Without he got no me. Problem. I'm going to let him know where he got me fucked up at. <laughs> okay. But, like, what is your favorite era of fashion since we're talking about all these different icons? Favorite era of fashion? Oh, my God. So, it's a three-way top. And Not a three-way. It is a three-way. Like a tray-way? A tray-way. It has to be a tray-way. Tray-way of fashion. So, I would have to say I loved the 50s. I love the 70s. And I love the 90s. All odd numbers. 70s? 70s. I can tell you with the fro, the bell bottoms, the, fro, the, the platforms, bell bottom, the platform, the, the crop high top. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, 70s really was very influential with men being a lot more feminine. And yeah, with the crop tops the crop and shit. Tops, the colors, the way they did certain things, the way and they... And it didn't have to be classified. It was loose and it didn't have to be classified. And it was so um, expressing. So, I just really feel like that was like the errors for me. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> That's definitely for me. I think the bell bottoms and the platforms was got me. My dad still has his platforms. He was born in 1954, so clearly Come he needs on, to let yes. those go. Keep but I think it was more so the afro. Like It was an embracing, uh, embrace period, period to just be able to yes. rock out with whatever was yours. Right, just so big and so beautiful. Like And, and looking at pictures like of my grandfather on my mom's side, like he definitely used to... Had the the wildlife trousers. He roller skated with my parent, my my mom Four and her wheelers. sisters. Like yeah, like it was just that era was just so freeing, and I loved it. Let's disco seventy eight. Like or was it disco seventy eight? No, not disco seventy eight. What was it? What was the hottest club that everybody used to talk about? Studio. Studio. Yes. There you go. Studio, Studio what? 50, 54. 54. Yeah. Either one of one them. Yeah. 45, 54. One of them. Either way. I, it was shut down, but it was a creme de la creme in New York. Yeah, it was a creme de la creme. Like the way women dressed, the way they came out, like the way men came out, the big furs, the the the, the monochromatics back then. Like you have to really give 70s day credit. Like honestly. I'm going to have to say for me it's the 20s. Ooh. Okay. 
the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s, okay. early 2000s. And I said the 20s, not because they're roaring 20s, just because there was so much controversy mm-hmm. within the whole thing of slavery. And y'all know I love, I'm a history buff, with the whole thing of the, the whole thing of abolitionists and being slavery and it being so fresh and new to the mindset. With them going through what, what we're going through right now right. with the, you know, black market and, you know, mm-hmm. Spanish flu and everything else coming out of that. And my grandmother being actually born in 1920 and seeing her be the child of former slaves Mm -hmm. who are now owning 12 acres of land where they used to be sharecroppers, where now our whole family literally literally still lives on. It speaks volumes to me because it was just like there was so much prohibition with like not being able to drink. And yet and still there was so much culture created in Harlem, Mm -hmm. where it's the Harlem Renaissance, which is dubbed for the 1920s, which is just like, damn, look at what our people did and made a whole monument and a movement that we didn't even know we had nothing and no parts in. And then the respect of that too is also look at how people had to develop clothing for their people exactly like, flappers flappers like you you had to really truly these are women back in the day it was a trademark for women and sometimes men to learn how to sew like, yes. and to learn how to make pants hem your pants like i think that's things we need to put back in school today because but that also comes from the culture when there's a lot of people who have the lineage of having quilts because right. a lot of our forefathers made quilts because mm-hmm. they took pieces of monumental moments to be able to build a history for you able to know at this point is when this happened when that happened so i feel like that was a gen- i would think it was a a universal thing in the black community. Right. But for that, between the 80s and the 90s, the 80s and the 90s have a differentiation of young, wild, and free on top of conscientious and aware. Right. The 80s are young, wild, and free. is like, I'm a wild out because that's when rock and roll came, MTV, <laughs> music, television, you know, all came into play. Video, video, what is it? Video recorder, video mm-hmm. hip-hop was a show on BET or whatever. And then, you know, you have young TV raps in the 90s where it's kind of like, oh, we're conscientious, we're aware, we're going to rap, see what's going on. Right. And the 80s is more so, I'm living my fucking life, fuck it, do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And then you got the early 2000s, which is more of a, it's okay to wear baggy clothes and not have to wear, you know, things tight. It's okay right. to just sit here, wear dirty dresses and be cute at the same token, know that you respect yourself in the, in the movement. Like, that was major for me, especially because I was in my teenage years. So, right. it's like, I'm going into my preteen years seeing people still get respected, but they're not showing their whole ass on right. the fucking being a video vixen. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was more so of a blockage. It was like BT un- un- uncut. You knew after a certain hour, you knew when your ass was shouldn't be up. And if your parents heard it, they knew that you weren't supposed to be watching right. it. You can't do that with kids now. There's no censorship. There's so you can have BT uncut on at 2 p.m. and get child change the channel. And that's where they at. Right. There was more of a structure. And I think that's why I embraced those decades and eras more so now than ever. I can understand that completely. So it's, it's big. It's a personal for yes. me. <laughs> but people like Misa Hilton, who, you know, collaborated with MCM. Mm-hmm. And you have Dapper Don, who, you know, collaborated with Gucci. Gucci right. Beyonce, ha- Beyonce has Darion, Baby Fat by Kimora Lou Simmons. You know, these are major black iconic fashion nobles mm-hmm. that are recognized, especially Misa Hilton with that whole Netflix series that she right. just had. Um, and Dapper Don, especially with Gucci, being open 24 hours, seven days a week, just taking prints and making them into mm-hmm. something out of nothing. It's just like it's major to see. So they've have helped build the black culture of fashion. How important do you feel these, you know, these pioneers are to what fashion is today? Um, I think black culture has been trendsetters. Like I think, I mean, look at it today. Now people love a cornrow. You love, um, you love the big hoop earrings. You love the the name bracelets. You love the the now we have the year black the year necklaces back out. Like I mean, I'm wearing mine this year. Okay, shout out. Like so, I mean, I think black culture is always going to be an influence on fashion, regardless of how much you try to shut us out of it regardless of how much we are it from it we are it fashion and the reason why we're in fashion because the we make a way out of no way like i've literally like i've literally seen black people since pandemic find ways 
to be so creative in fashion. I think one that of virtual my, fashion show that Shorty did, that African Shorty yes, did, was dope. Was so dope, and it's like, and it's like, look at how she put her collection on display for the world to see, and for now to be picked up by all these now big designer names and people who are so much of influencers. Like I even love um, how now you're seeing people create these pants and hoodies out of um, the quilted um, like HBCU. Uh, blankets like oh for real yes have you not seen that like, i need a pair yes it's uh, like so dope like i want a pair in winston like i saw this boy he did it for the home hbc homecoming um um contest on or challenge excuse me on instagram and he went to hampton and he had a pair and i was like those are some fly like fire ass pants like it's just and to see that like people are really still being innovative and creating in the black culture and we're gonna continue to keep doing that because one thing about the black culture is, is that it's hot today it may be hot Maybe the next day, but by that third day, we're looking for something else. We're looking to move forward. We're looking to continue to keep progressing. Reinvent. Yeah, reinvent. And I think that that's what's so dope about the black culture and its influence. Like, you, I'm sorry, it's going to be a brother or sister pushing you forward in some way, that's shape, so, or form. Exactly. And, let's be, and let's be very much so clear. <laughs> and that's facts. And I feel like those pioneers really have set the standard to understand what it is to be an individual and understand creativity. Because mm-hmm. me being, as y'all know, having Be Real Relations, which is my complete umbrella for my whole conglomerate I'm in the process of building, it is more so of a, a situation where I'm like, you know, being real, Be Real Creations is what I do my, my hand painting. I don't want nobody looking like me. So everything's going to be a one of one because I, I want to stand on what works for me and what looks like me and what only I can exude to. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody else to be able to rock when I'm rocking because they're not me and I'm not them. And I want to be able to stand out because I'm okay being that red dot in the in the sea full of blue. Right. And that's fine for me. So I feel like pioneers like Misa, especially for me, because she came from New York and came from where I came from in the, in the same area, it's major to see stuff like that to be able to build that empire, mm-hmm. to be able to have that behind your name to be say like, I went ahead and built the brand. I'm the one that stepped outside and was able to bring my people mm-hmm. along with me to be able to carry out something that's bigger than just me. And I think the beauty about it is how humbling those people that you mentioned are. Like, I mean, Dapper Dan, I feel like is he's never, I feel like, has socially bashed Gucci. He's never have came out and said, um, I did X, Y, Z. Like, no, he's hum- he's he's more happy that I was able to provide a space that people look good in. And I, be, I was able to create something for people to look good in. And I think that's the beauty of the African-American culture in fashion is that it's a humbling experience. It's like, I'm doing this because I want to provide right. something great for people. Right. Outside of just my own culture and my own race, I want to just provide something great for people. And I think that's what some other designers and some other people when they're providing product for people forget is that it's not you're not creating fashion for yourself. You're creating beauty for others. You're creating people to feel empowered and to feel um great about themselves when they put your garment on because as much as we um advocate for mental health out here you know we have to realize that there are little things that help push you through and get you through that day and make you want to continue to move forward that's why i said if you can give a compliment if you can you know give somebody their flowers while they still here do it because you never rest in peace to my sorrow cicely tyson because we gave her flowers while she was here so she lived the 96 years prosperously yes most definitely and let me tell you something that hit me a little hard you know, that it was personal I, for it me. It was definitely personal. It's like I lost my grandmother. Seriously, seriously, Cicely Tyson, like, and and just how she acted in her, her poise. Presence. Yes, her poise. Oh. Even at an older age, like, let's be clear, 
um, what? How do we? How to get away with murder ended just this year or last year? Yeah. Like, and Cissy Tyson was the mother to Viola, Viola Davis. Davis I know was getting it hard. I know her, Carrie Washington. I know all of those people or individuals. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry are taking it hard because I'm pretty sure Oprah. they were their mother. I mean, Cissy that Tyson was their was that, that was, was their, their mother. mother. Yeah, that their was, elder their mother. Elder mother. You know what I'm saying? Like. Everyone has a mother outside of their own biological mother. And I think that Sister Tyson was our mom. Our and nobody expected her to go. Right. At all. I thought Sister Tyson was going to be here as long Forever. As you hear me? My and you know she's a go. proud Delta woman. So you know that's personal for Delta. Because we feel like we lost a real big pillar in our community. Mm-hmm. And given she was an honorary member... That says a lot about who she exudes as a person to be an honorary member because Delta, wise women see Delta, Delta seeks no one. So if you're an honorary, that means we sought you out enough to think we need to bring you in your sisterhood that you're going to compliment us. So mm-hmm. that says a lot. And that just, it's just amazing me that out of, out of a lot of celebrities who have passed, it's safe to say that Cicely Tyson was the only one that's merited to pass away because she lived that 96 years prosperously. Right. It was never a regret. It was never a moment she never received her flowers. It was never a moment that she didn't go ahead and people acknowledge her for who she was and what she did. Mm-hmm. So I rest in Omega Omega Soror. I send my love to everybody within in relation to Tyler, you know, within um, Tyler Perry. Plenty of heads. Right. Anybody who's close to Lily Tyson, and she had a very small circle, which means whoever she interacted with was major. Yeah. Um, I'm sending my love to you all because it is a major downfall. But you know, given that we're about to wrap up a little bit, if you can for us, Elgin, what is a B-roll bomb you can give? Like maybe a life model you go go by, you know, a day to day. What do you? What would you want to drop for the people? Oh, this is hard. Um, okay, a B-roll bomb. I want to give you something good. So let me think really quick. Okay. Um. I'm gonna have to give two. I'm gonna That's have to fine. give two. Um, the first one's gonna be very much so like the second one's gonna be very much so like um something I live my model by, and I always say this: if I was ever a cast member of one of these shows, where Housewives of Atlanta, loving hip hop, like this would be my tagline in the beginning. But I would really say that my first one would be, you know, live your life to the fullest as if tomorrow is not promised. Because I think sometimes we we plan so much, and coming from a planner, somebody who always try to be very much so tactical about things, like live your life to the fullest, enjoy it, embrace every moment, embrace your lows, embrace your highs, because you need those to really make who you are who you are like and it's and it's going to help you connect with somebody i've loved to meet people when we say yeah i struggled back in 2010 who who you baby me too like you know what I'm saying like right. i love i'm mr me too i'm mr me too like i'm i'm telling you i think those moments are really going to um, enhance you in your life and to know that in that moment I encourage you that if you are at your lowest and you feel like to, the day is the day I want to end it don't because that moment that you feel like you're going to end it or the moment you feel like that you're at your lowest tomorrow is going to be so bright and so full for you because you chose to continue to keep moving forward like facts. God wants you to Big facts. Um, so that's my first be real bomb and my second one is you know um Remember, don't be too trusting of people. Um, I always tell people this. This is my friends laugh at me sometimes. My tagline for any show would be always, I can only trust you as far as I can throw you. Right now, you like a heavy bitch. So I want to make sure. <laughs> Not a heavy bitch. I want to make sure that, you know, go into situations recognizing people and what they want from you, recognizing that they may be a user or they may truly be your friend because everybody's not in it for your good. And Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're following and doing things for your good so that you can continue to keep prospering. And it's okay to walk away. I think sometimes we say, oh, I've known Jess for 15 years and, you know. Longevity doesn't determine loyalty. It does not determine loyalty. Longevity does not determine loyalty. So if you're in that moment, right. (laughs) 
If you in that moment and you feel like that I need to remove myself, remove yourself, baby. Remember, you are the main character in your storyline. So if anybody comes before you, then that is a problem. You Period. Have many, many other characters in your storyline, but Period. you are the main character. And keep that in mind that control of your life is the best thing you ever can do. So that's my little Be Real Bomb. And and that's the Be Real Bombs. And that's here <laughs> giving to you straight from the TIs for the TIs from Elgin T. Phillips Jr. Okay? All right. But Elgin, I appreciate you for shouting it out with me, kicking it here for Just Be Real Podcast. Thank You've been you. a pleasure. That was fashion forward. So as I always say on air, let's keep it real and be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Peace and love. Wash your hands and stay safe. Now, go, 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 go